Mambo Simon Masharia, how are you, my brother? Nice to see you over here. So I, I want us to go back to Genesis chapter 1. I told you guys that the Holy Spirit broods over the water, and if he broods over the water, you need to understand the order within which Christ came. Christ came, then the Holy Spirit came, which basically means that you need to have the word before the Holy Spirit comes. This is very important. Even uh, the disciples, when they're speaking to the people at the day of Pentecost, they had to hear the word, then upon that word, the Holy Spirit rests. So a lot of people are going to have problems because you basically don't have word. So a lot of people get prayed for and go like, oh, receive the Holy Spirit. And, and which they do, but the problem is, is when you receive the Holy Spirit like that, is then you end up being the kind of person who gets sprayed on doom, uh, because you think that's what, that's who the Holy Spirit is for. He's there for, for entertainment and things like that. You'll excuse me one minute. I'm gonna switch networks. I hope it doesn't frazzle for too long. Uh, we good? I hope we're still good. So yes, so you need to be the kind of person who the Holy Spirit has something to brood over. You, you need to have what? You need to have content. Content. You must have something. Otherwise, you're going to, tra to, 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 to travail terribly in just trying to get yourself to hear the Holy Spirit and to hearing the Holy Spirit in a practical way. You know, like I hear people say, prophesying and saying, oh, someone is going to laugh right now. And then someone laughs. And then you think that's important. That's not important. You know, you, you if you're going to prophesy, now let's be critical here. If you want to prophesy, then what you want to prophesy is what people are going to do past COVID. T tell them that, you know, tell them, how to survive this situation. Don't tell us who's going to laugh. Don't tell us how it's going to rain tomorrow. Tell us things, you know, that's what the sons of Isaka did. And, and I just want to, uh, uh, Charles Muturi, Mambo brother, um, I just want to go to Genesis um, again, and I want to go to Genesis uh, chapter one, and I'm still defining the kingdom from Genesis because the kingdom is not something that started with Jesus. It was God's idea from the beginning. And you need to understand that everything that has happened uh, from Adam to date has been intentional. So even COVID-19, God has an intention and a direction where he's taking us. Where to, even I myself, I'm not sure. Um, I know for a fact that after this, there's going to be a, a great rebound that I know. I just don't know why the social impact of COVID is, is quite interesting, you know, and, and uh, you know, the social distancing, the no gathering and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know where exactly God is going on that. I'm not sure, but I know the finances, man, will be okay. If you hear him, it's time to dig a well. Uh, so you need to figure out what's your well and you need to dig it. If you don't understand which phrase I'm talking about, this is how God provided for Isaac. That's what you need to learn. And and one more thing I need to say, one more thing, one more thing. So I'm being a bit all over the place because there are things I need to throw at you um, that will be useful to you. One more thing I need to throw at you is the fact that, that, that during the year of Jubilee, when God gave the land rest, he gave them enough harvest for the year of the year they harvested the year of rest and the year after so basically they had three years of harvest in one year so i know you're feeling like things are pretty tight and things are pretty hard but i want you to understand something that during such times when god forces you into rest then he's given and provided enough harvest for you for three years so do not worry. It's it's gonna bounce back. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be just fine. I, how exactly it's gonna be different for different people, but it's gonna be okay for the people who can hear God. So you need to be able to be the kind of person who can brood and produce something that God wants you to produce. That's how you're going to survive. You need to understand what your well is. So Having said that, let's go to Genesis. Um, I'm back to Genesis verse 28, right? So God said to them, be fruitful 
and I explain to you what fruitful is. Fruitful is the kind of person who can hear from God, take what he had, and make it appear on earth. Now, let me be clear, okay? By make it appear on earth, this is what I mean. So, for example, you see uh, an orphan child, and, and it really hurts your heart, and you're in pain about it. So that go, that's God sending you a word right now if you walk away from that child and forget uh, uh that child then you are the seed that fell on the path because the word was sent you had it but you forgot all right so that's one soil the second soil is you thought about it and you're like oh my goodness it is so hard who's gonna do this hard thing and things like that this this is the the the, the, the word that fell on on rocky soil and then you've got the word that fell among the thorns this is where you start you are happy to do it then you know you start thinking hey man you know there is better things to do with my money and you start you know you buy a car or something so you need to understand that the word comes to provoke you to action and sticking it through going through uh, being focused and delivering what you had into the earth is called bearing fruit. Now, once you bear fruit, then you have, and, and this is what it is to be blessed, by the way. This is a blessed person I'm defining. So the blessed person bears fruit. Then when you bear fruit, you, you are given the license to multiply. Now, multiplication is what? The ability to do that thing repeatedly in different times and different locations with the different people so what what is success a lot of people are fruitful and stuck there so there's someone who owns you own a, a, a usually this happens to a lot of doctors i know you own a clinic okay and your clinic is successful and you've got people getting treated there but you've never discipled more doctors to be doctors like you because you're scared they'll take your business or engineers so you're very good at making something but you never trained other people so you've never multiplied so you 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 remain alone and and Jesus said Unless a seed falls down to the ground and dies, it abides alone. And you see, when a seed falls to the ground and dies, it when it comes back up, it multiplies because it's able to bear much more fruit. So what is the death? The death is the risk and the gamble it takes to disciple someone. Because understand, Jesus in his life is betrayed by his disciple. It is Judas who betrays Jesus. It is Judas who causes Jesus to be the seed that fell and died. So you must understand that the, the, the thing that will kill you is what you disciple. Buenas, if you were son. <laughs> I don't know whether, Oliver, you're excited about that. But the truth of the matter is this, okay? That the, 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 the person the, the thing that kills you is this phase called multiplication. Let me explain why it kills you. If you take a business, okay, and you just, let's say you, 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 you are a mechanic, okay, and you've been doing things alone, and you want to train someone. The moment you want to train someone, it will kill you because now you've got to share the money that you make. Now you've got to spend more time training this person, and you've got to invest in them. Now, a lot of the time, I'll tell you for free that disciples will let you down. And I know you're wondering, but it was just one. No, 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 no. Remember in John chapter 5, the 72 disciples left Jesus. He was left with 12. Okay? So you need to understand that a lot of the people who you try to disciple will let you down. Let's be very clear. Hear me. Okay? But... How do you choose a disciple? Okay. <laughs> now, remember, the teacher is the one who chooses a disciple. It's very key. Now, how do you choose a disciple? Number one, you must be led by the Holy Spirit. Number two, you must be fruitful. But number three, never disciple anyone who follows you because of your power and how you impressed them with a miracle. Nope. That's not who you disciple. Note carefully, the disciples of Jesus, the 12, came to follow Jesus because of his instruction. 
they had him speak and said, you know what, we are going to follow you. Every other person who Jesus healed and they saw or healed and demons left them, when they tried to follow Jesus, Jesus told them, eh, go back. Because you must learn that the disciples must follow the word not the deed, because a time is going to come when someone else can do better. Let me give you what I mean. If you're a carpenter in Kenya, you're definitely not at the same level as these guys with the expensive fancy machines in the States. So if someone is following you because of how awesome you are, then the moment they meet someone more awesome, they leave you, which is why I have a problem with these people who inbox celebrities to mentor them. That's not it, because you want someone who sings to mentor you, and all you've seen is singing. That's not what you need to know. What you need to know is what makes a successful singer. That's a backroom conversation. It's not a frontroom conversation. What do I mean by a backroom? Jesus says this to one of the disciples. He says, come and see where I live. Come and see where I live. In other words, I want you to go behind the glory, behind the glamour, behind the showbiz, and see who I really am, then decide whether to follow me. Okay? So they had Jesus flush the toilet and then chose to follow Jesus. So this is how you must understand to multiply. You do not multiply because of greatness. You multiply because of brotherhood. Hey, pause, rewind. You do not multiply because people adore what you've done. You do not multiply because people saw you on TV. You do not multiply because they saw you do miracles. Now, let me explain. If you go to John chapter 5, and I don't have time to read this, I want you to read it yourself. There's a very interesting conversation. And this conversation starts with Jesus running away from literally the largest crowd he had ever pulled up to that point. So 4,000 men not counting the women and children, okay? Now, these 4,000 men not counting the women and the children, what do they do? They wake up and they can't find Jesus, they can't find him. Now, when they can't find him, what do they do? What they do is they get up and go looking for him. Now, if you are any preacher, any of these modern preachers, and you've just done a miracle, you fed people, and they are willing to listen to you, then what you would do is you would start the church of two, two, two fish and five loaves. But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus leaves with his disciples. Now, when this crowd catches up with him, Jesus has a very interesting conversation with them. And this is what he says. You are following me because of the bread you ate. And then he says, you are following me because of the signs you saw. Then he says, a wicked generation seeks after a sign. Now, here's the funny thing. Some of you have set up your lives and your ministry based on signs. Uh -huh. Look at it this way. How many preachers do you see who say, come to the service. This is the service you need to heal you. This is the service you need to change your life. Hi, Albert. You understand? And that's the problem. Because the people you are gathering, Jesus calls them a wicked generation. In other words, what I'm saying is you do not make a disciple because of how you've succeeded. Okay? Let's be very clear. If you make a disciple based on success, then you will lose them the moment they think you're not as successful as you're supposed to be. So Jesus 
what does he call his disciples in John chapter 16? He says, you are no longer servants, but my brothers. Therefore, discipleship is not a commercial success venture. Discipleship in the kingdom is a brotherhood venture. It is a unison venture. It is a love venture. Hear me correctly. Follow the pattern of Jesus. Do not allow people to follow you because you feed them. Dangerous people. Do not allow people to follow you because of signs. What they've seen. Oh, they've seen you've got many followers on social media. They've seen you've got a lot of shiny car. They've seen you've got a beautiful wife. They've seen you've got a handsome husband. No, 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 no. Sign seekers. No, 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 no. Never. Let me tell you why. Because you're not perfect. You're not perfect. So if they follow you for any of the above reasons, that is not a disciple. That's what Jesus called the crowd. <laughs> Let me tell you, anytime the Bible says the crowd, the crowd, things go wrong. Let me tell you, the crowd is the one that chose Barabbas over Jesus, right? The crowd is the same one that was praising Jesus the night before. Okay? But let's take it a bit further. The crowd that left the mob, that left Egypt, there was a people called the mixed multitude. They're the ones who missed the onions and the leeks in Egypt. Okay? So discipleship is a brotherhood exercise. In other words, you disciple the people who see who you are in God, even when they see what is wrong with you in the natural. Hear me correctly. Hear me because I'm going to save you a lot of pain. The person you disciple, right, is the person who specifically loves you, the person, not you, the person who feeds them, not you, the person who's glamorous. They love you as you, which is why Jesus said, come and see where I stayed. You think they went to Herod's palace? No. So forget these people who suddenly want to be mentored by you because they've seen you on TV. I've given you my warning. Now let's move on. Okay? Now it says, be fruitful, multiply. That tells you that only the fruitful are allowed to multiply. Okay, let's be very, very clear. Only the fruitful are allowed to multiply. But the third instruction is interesting. It says, fill the earth. <laughs> so three instructions, fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. What does it mean to fill the earth? It means that make that which God has put in you available across the earth. Now, what, what does that mean? Listen. There is someone who God put in him the internet. Now, I don't care whether he's saved or not. That's besides the point. It is God who put it in him. All right? Now, when God put the internet in him, when the internet in the, what, 80s, 70s, was domiciled in one place in the United States or whatever, it was not benefiting you and me. Correct? Right? Now, when you understand that he took his his concept, now let's follow me, he took his concept, tested it with the military, that part was called fruitful. Okay? Then what he did is he got other institutions to plug into the internet. Okay? That's called discipleship. Then what he did and what is still happening is the internet is being made to fill the earth. So everyone should be accessing the internet. Now, that is called blessed. So let me put it to you in perspective. 
your objective with your business, your objective with your preaching, your objective with whatever it is you do is a threefold process. Number one, make it appear on the earth. Number two, find people who are your brothers who you can teach them what God taught you. Okay? Once you've taught them, your objective is to make what God has made available to you available to the whole earth. It's a very simple business model, right? So look at KFC. God gave Colonel Sanders a recipe. A very, it's a basic thing. God didn't give him how to cure cancer, didn't give him how to make a computer, didn't give him how to shoot a rocket into the sky. God told him, here is some spices, and if you mix them right, you'll make some nice bomb chicken. All right? Now, he learned. He started one restaurant, and then he made disciples. It's called franchising. Now, what do they do to make sure they remain successful? They keep trying to fill their earth with KFC chicken. That's what they try to do. So there's a KFC in, in, in China, there's a KFC in Kenya, there's a KFC in South Africa. That's what they keep doing, right? So by doing that, then they're able to prosper. <laughs> ah, ah, man. Are you understanding dominion? So the objective and the, what I want to talk about is the two last instructions. Fill the earth and subdue it. Okay? Now, understand this. Once you're fruitful, once you multiply, you must endeavor to fill the earth. So my question to you is, so let's say you've been fruitful and your fruitfulness is in physiotherapy. Okay, and you've discovered a way of doing physiotherapy that is healing people quickly. Your second assignment naturally is how many people can heal people the way you do. Second assignment. Third assignment is how many places across the earth are receiving your physiotherapy. That's the third assignment. If you never get to part three of your assignment, you may have different levels of success, but you will never get into part four, which is subdue the earth, which is dominion. Okay? So you need to understand that what you need to do right now, okay, if you've done step one and two, which is be fruitful, multiply, and you are at the part of feel the earth, you must be asking yourself, how do I expand? Now, listen, it is illegal for you to be stagnant. Hear me correctly. Because remember, God is always moving. Jesus said, my father is always working, meaning that whatever you have must consistently improve, must consistently expand. Why do you think that Abraham, Jacob, all of Israel kept saying, may God expand my tent? Why do you want to expand a tent? Think about the analogy. Because a tent according to how you and I understand it, is a place to sleep. Okay? But when he says, expand my tent, you need to think carefully about the mentality of this person. Think about it. First, it is a tent. That tells you it is a movable structure. It tells you about a journey. It tells you about a progression. It tells you about movement. So when they say, Lord, expand my tent and not my house, <laughs> you understand that they knew that God is a God of movement. And that's why in the Jewish calendar, God told them, 
that they need to have a special feast. And that feast was called the Feast of Boots, the Feast of Tabernacles. And you would leave your house and go live in a tent to remind you that your life must be in movement. So the psalmist puts like this. It says, blessed is the man whose heart is set on the highways to Zion. To Zion. Now, what does that mean? Zion represented for the children of Israel the ultimate city to conquer in the whole of Judea. Okay? So it says, and therefore, listen, this is how important Zion was. Zion represented the ownership of the entirety. Hear me correctly the entirety of the promise of God, but it also represented the place where God would put his temple. So what is the combination? You need to understand that for God to come and occupy what you have built fully, you need to get to your Zion. That is the place of dominion, and it is the place where God comes and dwells. Okay? So you must understand, when it says, fill the earth, it means you must pursue your promise to the letter. Okay? So let me explain what that means. A lot of the time, this is what happens in life, when God is giving you a promise. Okay? When God is giving you a promise, he gives it to you in bits and pieces. Hear me correctly. This is what he told the children of Israel. He said, but I will not give you all of the land at the same time, lest the wild animals be multiplied against you. Okay, so what was God saying? He was saying, but I will sit and I will judge your capacity. Now, which capacity? Okay, the capacity number one to conquer cities and then the capacity number two to multiply. You must be able to multiply yourself beyond the capacity of the wild animals. Otherwise, God is not giving you the promise. Did you just hear me? You must be able to multiply beyond the numbers of the wild animals so that God can give you your Zion. Who are the wild animals? Good question. Let me give you an example of a wild animal. There's a guy, he's called Elijah. Now, what Elijah is is he's this super powerful guy who can stop rain for seven years, call it back on demand, call fire from heaven, but he's unable to do his primary goal, which is to unseat Jezebel. He can't do it, okay? Now, who comes and does it? The person who comes and does it is a guy called Jehu. Now, I want to give you a snippet of Jehu. Jehu is called when he is among fellow captains. So in other words, he has a discipleship. He has brothers. He is not alone. When Elijah runs away from Jezebel, what does God tell him? Stop being alone. Go seek after Elisha and disciple. So what does that tell you? But Elijah was fruitful, but he had failed to multiply, multiply, and therefore the wild animal called Jezebel was not able to be removed until there was a company, until there was a company willing and able to throw Jezebel down. <laughs> so listen, it is not your miracle working capacity. It is your ability to build a company. Look at it this way. 
Samson was unable to disciple. He is the only judge who judges alone, all right? And he fails, he's the only one who fails in removing the Philistines from Israel, all right? So for you to be able to conquer your enemies, now let me explain who the wild animals are again. It is anyone or anything that occupies what God has given his people illegally. Okay, so let me tell you who the wild animals are in Kenya. The wild animals in Kenya is the leadership class, and I'm saying leadership because it's not just the politics, it's, it's pretty much everywhere, that occupies positions of power and influence because of corruption and wicked ways. Those are the wild animals. Now, if God wants to change Kenya, then he will send a man, correct? But remember, Moses, when he is sent to the children of Israel, unless they're willing to come together and he disciples them out of Egypt, then Moses cannot even leave Egypt himself. Do you hear what I said? Listen, Moses had left Egypt. He'd beaten the system. He was a successful shepherd. Okay? Now, he didn't need to go back. But for as long as God sent him back, for as long as he could not get a company to live with him, then even Egypt itself, he could not leave. Him as, 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 as Moses. Okay? You don't think what I'm saying is important? Think about it this way. Caleb and Joshua, 40 years before, had seen that they have the capacity to conquer the promised land. But until they had raised a company, a generation that was willing to go with them, then even them who had the faith 40 years before could not inherit what God had promised them. <laughs> Inheritance is for a company. And that is why you must learn the ability to multiply. Everything God gives you, you must figure out how do I multiply and by multiplying, how do I make this available across the earth? Hello. <laughs> so anything that occupies what God has given the children is a wild animal. And the children of God can only occupy it, not by preaching the gospel, no, by discipling a company, a company, a group, okay? This is why you can send the most saved person to the Kenyan parliament. If he goes there alone, he will achieve I don't know if that making sense. <laughs> man, oh man. So, feel the earth. That's what you need to do. If you don't feel the earth, then God can't give you the completeness of your promise. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And here's where a lot of people miss it. A lot of people walk into their promised land, deal with Jericho. Let me explain what dealing with Jericho is in practical terms. So, you, you come into Nairobi, you're trying to find a living, you're, you're struggling to find something that, that works, then what do you do? You get a job, right? And you get this job, they, they, there's no options of going up or down in the, in the ranks, and then you just settle. And you're like, you know what? I've conquered Jericho, now I can eat, now I can sleep. Now you, you don't want to look for another job, you don't want to do anything, you're comfortable. Why? Because Jericho, that small city, outside it, all of Israel could sit. But that was not the completeness of the promise of God. And that's why David says, blessed is the man whose heart is set on the highways of Zion. So what does that tell you? How should you be? You understand? You should be the kind of person who at your deathbed, you have seen everything God promised you. Everything. You understand? And that's why we're talking about violent men who are violent men. God promised you to be a billionaire. Don't, don't sit and say, okay, you know what? I'm a millionaire. I'm the richest person in this church, so I'm fine. No, you're a sinner. 
You're not supposed to stagnate. You must pursue Zion. If, if you're going to write anything down, if I'm going to teach you anything, is you must pursue the wholeness of what God promised you. You get? So when you look at what God has given you, be it your marriage, your, your business, whatever, when you look at it, don't you ever dare quit until it looks like what God promised you. That's what is called filling the earth. You pursue it to the zenith. I don't know whether I'm making sense. You must pursue it to the zenith, to the hilt, to the end. That must be your purpose. Okay? That must be your purpose. You must be like David. That I am going to conquer Zion, that city, that city that no one has ever conquered. I'm going to conquer it. Fill the earth. In other words, what David did and why God loves David so much, it is not, listen, when it says David, a man after God's own heart, it never says, and David prayed the whole night. It doesn't say that David had the best prayer routine. No, 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 no. David had one thing. He had one thing. God had told him to get rid of every Philistine, and that's what he did. So you want to be after man, a man after God's own heart? Don't tell us how you love God, you hold your Bible like this, and you pray all night. No, you show us, you show us how many things he told you to do, and you've done them to the hilt. That's a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart is a man who, when God gives an instruction, it will be done. He will fill the earth with it. My use. You come, Daniela. Zoya, am I making sense? Have you been listening, Zoya? Come, 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 tell me if I'm making sense. Tell them, is daddy making sense? I don't see. You don't know. Yes. You're not sure. Yes. <laughs> you understand? So listen to me carefully. Listen very carefully, because I'm gonna repeat it but once. Because I've got to go into rulership, dominion. The Zion position is the place where your dream, your seed, the seed that you received. That, that made you uh, uh, be fruitful. That seed comes into the point where it has achieved its maximum. Let me explain. If, let's say, you start a children's home, and many people have, you should not stop until every child in your dominion has a home. Do you understand? That's filling the earth, okay? If God has told you that your job is to clean so there's no garbage in Nairobi, then you've not achieved what God sent you until you wake up one day in Nairobi and there's not a single piece of litter in Nairobi. That is filling the earth. In other words, what filling the earth also means is you must be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Let me explain. That perfection is not talking about your moral self. You will never achieve that. We know that. But what you can achieve, what you can achieve is what people who make things like this achieve. Okay? They produce something that does what it says it will do for the period it says it will do. Perfection. Right? So that's a Zion position. To do it accurately, pinpoint well. That's what you need to desire to be. Now, what happens to David after he conquers Jerusalem? David becomes the undisputed king of all of Israel. He receives power. He receives the ability to rule more than he'd ever throughout his time. Now, David's story is interesting because I want you to understand he's a successful captain in Saul's army. 
he's kicked out. He's a successful leader among the Philistines. He does not quit when the Philistines, when, when he doesn't say as remaining Philistine, forget about the kingdom. When Saul dies, David goes back. A successful, he, he was successful at that point, but he goes to pursue the promise God had given him 13 years before. And even when he rules over two tribes, he does not stop. He continues to rule over the other 10. And even after he rules over the other 10, he does not stop. He pursues Zion. My question to you is, where have you stopped? Have you stopped as Saul's captain? Have you stopped as a, a leader among the Philistines? Have you stopped with the two tribes? Have you stopped with just the 10? Or have you gotten to Zion? Have you? Have you gotten to the Zion position of your dream? And that is the only place, the only time God puts a crown on your head and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now note carefully, it does not say good and sinless servant. A lot of you think, that that good and faithful servant is about how when you attempted to go to the club and you didn't go to the club, so God is like, yay, no. What that is, is that God gave you an assignment and you took it to the Zion position. There you can rule. That's why Jesus put it like this. He said that if you want to sit on my left or on my right, you must be willing to drink of my cup, which means you must be willing to go through the process I went through. Then you can rule with me. So what is rulership? Rulership is only attainable in the kingdom at the Zion position. Everything else, you are not yet fully crowned. I don't know if I'm making sense. Listen, listen. Let me try it this way. Listen. In the world, they can give you a title and you lead. It's very easy. You understand? You get appointed and you have a title. Okay? In the kingdom, you are the title. Because the whole earth recognizes who you are. Let me give you an example. Okay? Of people who are basically... In, in, in a Zion position in their chosen fields. Look, look at someone like Beyonce. Now, Beyonce is not the richest muse, uh, female musician. She's not. Okay? She's among them, but she's not. But because of how she's perfected her craft, if she came to Kenya, would our president see her or not? The answer is he would. But what, under what title would she be seen? She would be seen because she is Beyonce. When an ambassador comes, he will be seen because he's an ambassador. Now, let me separate for you. The promise of God to Abraham is, I will make your name, Abraham, great. He did not say, I will give you a title that makes you great. Kingdom rulership is when your name is great, not your title is great. You must be greater than your title. Let me give you another example. Nelson Mandela, right? Nelson Mandela, when he was alive, could see any president he wanted to see, whether he was a president or not. Nelson Mandela was greater than the title of president. Because what he had done had given him Zion rulership. Now what is Zion rulership? Zion rulership is power that God gives you to rule regardless of what people think you are. Now, you don't believe me? Let me give you another example. There's a guy called Abraham, okay? Abraham, when he goes to Egypt, who receives him? The king's men. 
Okay? When he goes to this other place, Abimelech is the one who receives him, a king. When he goes to war, he is not a king, but he fights with kings and conquers them. His son Isaac deals with kings. Okay? Jacob. Jacob. Jacob is my favorite one. When Jacob goes to see Pharaoh, now check your Bible, this is your assignment. When Jacob goes to see Pharaoh, who bows before who? <laughs> who bows? Who bows? I'll tell you. It is Pharaoh who bows to Jacob. A man who's running away from hunger. <laughs> and the reason for that is because Jacob had wrestled for 20 years. Okay? 20 years until God gave him what God had promised his mother, not even Jacob. At a Zion position. Okay. The Zion position means that when Jacob dies, read your Bibles, when Jacob dies, all of Egypt mourns for more than 120 days combined. Even Pharaoh mourns. As who? But Jacob had achieved the Zion position. He had dominion. <laughs> I don't know whether you can hear me now. <laughs> Do you understand what the Zion position is? That is when you have dominion. That is when you have dominion. Let me tell you. There is fame. There is wealth. But none of that. And none of that compares to Zion power. Oh, my friend. Let me tell you Zion power, what it is. Let me tell you what it is. Jerry John Rawlings, ex-president of Ghana. Okay? There are many others. There's Atta Mills, there's John Dramani Mahama. What a life today. But you go read what Jerry John Rawlings can do in Ghana, no one else can do. Now that man rules from Zion. He does not need the seat. Now this is something that we miss. That is how God ordained you to rule. That your name, not, not your degree, not your PhD, not your YouTube views, not your name. When it is mentioned, people fall in line. That's the Zion position. And that's why God told Abraham, I will make your name great. Which is why when you pray, you say in Jesus' name. Uh, I teach you a mystery. Segway. Sidetrack. The reason... When we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. It's not because Jesus has a title, but it's because Jesus rules from a Zion position. Even when he returns, it says that his feet will touch Mount Zion. What does that tell you? It tells you that even Jesus himself only received dominion over the earth when he had conquered Zion. Now, what was that? When he had conquered death and resurrected. Because the reason why God sent him was specifically to do what? To do what? To give life to those who were dying. So his Zion position was always to conquer death. When he conquered death, he could rule. 
and that rulership is without question. So listen, the rulership of David is without question. Look at everyone who tried to overthrow him, what happened? Your Zion position is the place of dominion. So stop talking about God has given me dominion. I decree and I declare and you've not conquered your Zion. You know, God says, uh, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, if you ask anything in my name to be done, if you, who is you? Jesus was not saying that to all of us. Hear me correctly. You need to understand the things Jesus says to the crowds, the things he says to the 72, and the things he says to the 12. I think he says to the three. Okay? Now when he says, if you ask anything in my name, it is during his last night and he's talking to people who've been discipled, people who've shown they can bear fruit. And he says, now you, because you understand how to get to Zion, when you ask, it will be done. It is not everybody. <laughs> ah, my goodness. You keep asking why I go pray and I say in Jesus' name and it is not done. It's because you do not have the right rank to do so. What had they done? Peter said it well. They left father and mother, left everything and followed Jesus. Uh, mm, mm, okay, pause. They left everything and followed Jesus. Telling you, they learned that they must migrate to the Zion position. They knew they were fishers, but they knew the Zion position was fishers of men. So they left fishermen and became fishers of men. Movement, Zion position. Let me give you another example so we understand each other. Okay? When Jesus was taken away by death and he came back and for 40 days the disciples were scattered and he was gathering them. It is only again when they leave fishing and they leave everything that now the Holy Spirit comes upon them and gives them power to have dominion. Okay? Listen, this is what it says. It says, if any man should come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. To where? To where? We are all not going to the same location. When you wake up tomorrow, we are not going to the same place. But following Jesus is following him to the Zion position. Listen, it's the same thing in the wilderness. They had to follow the cloud, had to follow the fire by night until they got to Zion. Until they got to Zion. So listen, you must follow Christ until you get to Zion. From that position of Zion, you can rule. Because in Zion is where the kingdom and the priesthood is put together. This is why Jesus had to die in Jerusalem. That's where Zion is. So it's, it, Zion is no longer a physical place. Read Galatians 4 and 5. But what Zion is, <laughs> is very simple. It is the place where you have conquered. And, and Titus, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. Let me use that, right? So listen, the demons tell the sons of Sceva, problem number one, not sons of God, sons of Sceva. They tell them, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? Now, because they did not have a name that God had made great, the demons had the right to twanga them. <laughs> uh, 
Listen, if you don't get to Zion, there's a demon that has right to anger you. Listen, listen carefully. The sons of Sceva had not just exorcised one demon. They had exorcised many demons before. Until they met the one <laughs> that outranked their name. So hear me correctly. Dominion is not something given to children. Read Galatians. It says, for as long as the heir remains a child, then he cannot inherit the kingdom. Okay? So if you cannot inherit the kingdom because you are a child, it is not that it is not yours. It is yours. But God will not give you the keys to the car. <laughs> Understand? You get, yes, read that. Read that. Simon, he's, he's brought, and I like people who are doing research, and I like that, because what he's saying, then Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and presented him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Because Jacob's name, Zion, Zion position. <laughs> I don't know whether you get it. I don't know whether you get it. All you need to do to rule and have dominion in this life is to take what God gave you, make it fruitful, multiply it, fill the earth. Then guess what? You will subdue the earth and the resources of the earth will be available to you like this. <laughs> but how does this work? Listen. You cannot disciple unless you are disciplable. We are all interconnected. We are all interconnected. <laughs> and Jerry, yes, I've just explained the promise. I'm glad you get it. So if, if listen, it doesn't matter what has happened in your pursuit of promise. Whether like Abraham, you've grown old. Whether like Isaac, you've been frustrated by neighbors. Whether like Jacob, it is your own character that keeps you stumbling. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you need to be like Jacob. You know, you lied to your brother and you wake up and you're like, God bless me. Where? He bless violent men. Jacob makes mistakes, messes up the entire time, meets God. Dude is not even sorry. He's not like, oh, God, forgive me. I cheated my brother. He's like, no, 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 God, bless me. <laughs> we got business to do, God. <laughs> you guys don't understand it. It doesn't matter what has frustrated you or what paperwork you didn't get. But let me tell you, you've got to be like Jacob. And that's why he's the father of Israel. <laughs> He's the one who wrestles with God until God gives him what he wants. <laughs> Man, that's what the promise is. You just don't quit. You just don't quit. You know, and you multiply it and then you fill the earth with it until your name is great. Until demons know your name. You know, they refer to you. They're like, eh, Ule Makwa Jesus. That's how they should call you. <laughs> you see, in the Old Testament, let me give you perspective why this, this generational thing is important. Number one, you need to understand that the kingdom is ruled by dynasty. Now, what is dynasty? Dynasty is basic discipleship. Because in the Old Testament, when you wanted to identify yourself, who did you say? You said, I'm David, son of, son of, son of, although it was, and that's how we knew who you are. Because your, your father gave you his name, and then you took that name and added your name to it, and then you became great. Now, similarly, in the kingdom today, you should be so-and-so son of Jesus. <laughs> son of God. <laughs> so in other words, Jesus' name should be great, and your name should be great with him, which is why you can then say, I give you all the glory because you don't want to keep any glory for yourself. But the problem is you got no glory. So when you're worshiping, you're lying. I give you all the glory. And you have none. Liar. 
<laughs> Do you understand how it works? You get me? Right? So listen, the demon said, Paul, we know Jesus, we know. And what Jesus say? He said, greater works than this shall you do. So the objective of the son is to do greater than the father because you've already inherited the father's name. <laughs> and that's where you're supposed to rule. That's why God created you. He created you to have that ability. It's very simple. To hear him, to produce it on the earth, multiply it and perfect it on the earth, and then you can rule. At the kingdom. <laughs> I'm out of time, guys. I'm out of time. I hope I've made sense to somebody. I hope I've helped somebody. I hope you understand you know, my, my business partner, Mugane, I hope you are here because God has shown me some things we need to do. <laughs> Why is us? Why is us, man? Why is us? We've got many wars ahead. You know, but God bless you guys, man. Keep safe. Social distance. But find a way to dig your well during this COVID time, man. Aronya Titus, thanks. Simon Masharia, thanks for sending through the messages. Jerry, I hope you now understand what you need to do. Don't quit. Don't quit. Zion position, man. Zion position. Over and out, guys. <laughs>